This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. What is a family? And I'm, I'm not asking that question to be cute. I'm, I'm legitimately curious. In your mind, as you're listening to this podcast, wherever you are, driving in your car, standing in your kitchen, uh, in some cases lately I've been listening to podcasts while organizing closets because I'm 33 weeks pregnant and I'm in full nesting mode. So if I was standing in a closet uh, organizing baby clothes and I were to hear that question, what is a family, I'd probably jokingly think to myself, well, I'm growing someone who's going to be part of a crazy one. Right? We think of the word family and so much comes up, both good and bad, depending on our experience as a family. In fact, as I'm recording this intro right now, you might even hear my three-year-old screeching in the background as she plays hide-and-seek with her dad running through the halls of our house. That's family. By definition, right, we, we think of family oftentimes in the very traditional sense, a mom, a dad, children. But family is not always so cookie-cutter. Sometimes families are cobbled together based off of circumstances and situations. Sometimes families do look how we kind of expect them to look because of the quote-unquote status quo. And sometimes families are, are um, a collection of, of individuals who have chosen to commit to one another. It would be silly to say that a group of nuns who all live together in a convent aren't family of some sort. Priests call each other brother priests, so they're family in some sense. Just as much family as I am to the child that I'm carrying in my womb as my husband is to the daughter that he's running around playing with at this very moment. Family is nuanced and varied. The name, the word, the concept, the idea of family is not something that we can just put into a box. And that's really how I want to begin this new season of Ave Explorers and how we're starting the entire new series of Ave Explorers looking at Catholic family life and the domestic church. What makes a family? How can a family be holy? What does a family do when they face circumstances that perhaps weren't on their life plan or in the cards? What does it look like to, to be inclusive as a family, to embrace other people and to welcome them in? How can families change the world? That's the, the conversation we're having this season. And as we've done in other seasons of Ave Explorers, and as the show has grown and developed and kind of turned into this really cool thing that we're really proud of at Ave Maria Press, we're telling stories, as always, with people who are in the trenches of Catholic family life. Just like we did way back in season one, and we told stories of people who have relationships with Our Lady, and that helped us understand who Mary is, so too with this season six, this new season for this new year of Ave Explorers, where we'll have conversations with people who are raising families, conversations with people who have experienced family life in really creative and unique ways. Advice from married couples, from single people, from moms, from dads, conversations with people with eight kids, conversations from people with two kids, conversations with people who struggled with infertility, 
conversations and stories of people who have walked the road of adoption from both sides, giving a child up for adoption and adopting children on their own. The, the stories we're telling, looking at Catholic family life, I think, will help all of us understand that word, family, in a new way. This is going to sound kind of silly, but just the other day, my daughter asked to watch Lilo and Stitch, the popular Disney movie from the early 2000s. She saw it pop up on the Disney Plus kind of header, and she pointed at it, and she said, this one. I haven't seen Lilo and Stitch in a very long time. But I remembered the quintessential line from Lilo and Stitch, and you probably will too, if it's familiar or if you have kids at home. Ohana means family. And family means no one gets left behind. And it, it struck me as I was watching this movie about this alien who acts like a dog, who comes into this little girl's life and then becomes very protective of this little girl, and the little girl becomes very protective of him. I immediately thought back to this series that we've created on Catholic family life. Ohana means family, and family means you don't get left behind. And I really think that that's the story of Catholic families who live in this world, who share truth by their witness. It's the story of men and women, of moms and dads, of single people, of priests and religious, who are walking the path of Catholic family life in so many varied and creative and nuanced ways. I'm really excited for this season, and I think you will be too. Our lineup of guests is stellar, and we are kicking off the season with two of my favorite people in the Catholic world, in the world in general, Dr. Edward and Beth Shree. I had the pleasure of being taught by Dr. Shree at the Augustine Institute when I was working on my master's. And Beth and I have become um, Instagram pals, which Catholic moms will know what that means. We like each other's posts and we message each other from time to time. I really look up to her and the way she runs her home and she's raised her kids. And so I asked them if I could sit down with them and just hear a little bit of their story. You know, Dr. Shree travels a lot and he writes and, and Beth runs the home, and she writes, and she speaks as well, and, and there's so much depth to their story, and to the way they're raising their children. They have eight kids, and I, I think there's just this beautiful snapshot of the creativity of family life, which is, again, the story that we're telling during this Ave Explorer series. Just as a friendly reminder here at the top of the show, you can catch all of the Ave Explorer's content, which will begin on August the 19th. As usual, you'll get an email. It'll have articles, videos, the podcast, of course, and different content that you can engage with. The Facebook Lives will be announced in those emails, so you're going to want to sign up. You can go to AveMariaPress.com, and of course, the link is down in the show notes to sign up for that entire series. Again, we're kicking that series off with two incredible people, a married couple I think you're going to learn a lot from, who are very honest and open in their storytelling today about their kids and about one another. Without further ado, our first episode of Season 6 on Catholic Family Life with Dr. Edward and Beth Shree. Well, thank you both for joining us. We're glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. So tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you're doing, why you're sitting in front of bookshelves right now. <laughs> yeah, this is out in uh, in my study room shed. So our house is over there. And uh, we have this, like, uh, the, the previous owners had a two-car garage in the backyard. It was bigger than two cars. Though. Oh, yeah. So you, probably they two had a boat and ATVs and all sorts <laughs> of so, this structure. With a family of eight, we always used it for... We just use it for storage, wow, <laughs> you know, storage. but a couple years ago, thanks be to God, I, I carved out part of it for my own shed. Uh, and in light of COVID, it's been great to have a quiet place to, to go work. And 
my wife calls this China. He might as well be in China when he's out <laughs> here because he's nowhere near our world. Yeah. But now people are like, oh, he's in China? Like really? Fr-? I'm like, no, no, no. It's the shed. It's not China. <laughs> Didn't go to Wuhan. No, none of that. None of that. Well, and why do you need a shed? Why are you out there? What do you do? Oh, what do I do? Okay, well, as he always says, I have ten jobs. Ten jobs. <laughs> so, I, I'm I'm genuinely curious. I don't think I know anymore. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> first of all, I'm a husband to my wonderful wife here, Beth, and we have eight children from ages 19 all the way down to a four-year-old. That's oh, wow. yes, one in college, and then one that's still at home. So it's it's just great. And uh, my in terms of my work, so I'm a theologian, and I I work with Focus. That's my full-time job. So. Uh, I serve as the vice president of formation uh, for all that they're doing in, in Fellowship of Catholic University students. Uh, so that's where I just drove back down from that. Uh, so that's my main thing. And I also teach at the Augustine Institute. Uh, so I teach there and I help out with some of their programs and all. Uh, but beyond that, I, I'm an author and I do a lot of Catholic speaking, although in light of COVID, I've been doing it all digitally lately. Uh, so which has been all really fun. I am surprised. I'm sure you've done, Katie, some digital events and I... <laughs> I've been just pleasantly surprised how fun it's been to meet with like, I've been doing like Bible studies with people all around the world from El Paso to Oxford, Mississippi, to Mumbai, mm-hmm. India, and wow. Singapore. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and unlike a speaking event, you, you, I actually get to, I get time with people. Like at a mm-hmm. speaking event, you give a talk to a thousand people and then you sign books and you meet people and that's nice in person. I, I love the in-person thing, but I've been pleasantly surprised at actually just getting to know people. You know, like last week there was a, woman that was in the Bible study and said, can you pray for me, doctor? I said, sure. I said, what can I pray for? She goes, well, tomorrow morning, I'm scheduled to have my baby. I said, what? <laughs> and she said, yeah, at four in the morning. Said, what are you doing in Bible study with me yeah, tonight? Yeah. You know? and, and then <laughs> next week, I came back to do the Bible study the next week, and I got to meet the baby. It was, it was like, I, I was like a little bit a part of their lives. So that's a big part of my life. I do pilgrimages. Uh, I have a podcast too, All Things Catholic. It comes out every Tuesday. And um, yeah, is that, is that covered? He's very busy. Yeah. Great play soccer and watches soccer and used to coach wrestles the kids, kids <laughs> around when he can. husband dad theologian and and beth i mean your mom of course but you've got your own pursuits as well yes i mean i it's hard because it's you know when you're manning the ship you know mission control is my kitchen island you know you kind of have to be around and in everybody's world like even as we are walking in here it's nice to come into place that's sunshiny and somewhat ordered because our house is complete chaos right now like seriously like trash you are welcome and half-eaten China. muffins and just <laughs> all sorts of crazy so yeah so um I basically just run the household and run the kids and figure out how on earth to educate them and and yeah just and, you, and I do some writing and I've been on some podcasts and I'm on your podcast every once in a while and that's when my ratings go up and she's on the downloads increase well so I I, four to 19 and I don't want to make it a COVID conversation but I mean how has life been with everyone home from four to 19 plus the two of you for the past few months it's been awesome yeah, I would say it, there, there were many blessings. I mean, we miss the kids being in school. We much prefer them to, we have some great Catholic schools that they're a part of. and Yeah, uh, wonderful know, communities. And, and I know that that really enriches their life. But to have a one season of our life where we weren't driving all over the world and soccer was canceled and we weren't driving for practices and everyone was home, 
uh, it was just actually in my, in my life. Like I, all my, I was supposed to go to the Holy land the third week of, of March that got canceled, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so uh, I've been around a lot more. It's just been actually a, a great, uh, I mean, we're still busy. There's still a lot going on, but it's, there's a little more leisure we're finding in that. And we live in Colorado. So it's a little, the, in Denver, the, the weather is just tremendous here. Mm-hmm. So don't tell the world. They all think it's all snow. <laughs> Right. horrible but like we like we we get snow and then it melts a day later because we have so much sun yeah and it's so we can we're outdoors we're hiking all the time and so like it, you know, we've been in quarantine but it's if i did quarantine this is the way i'd want to do it yeah uh, living in colorado no humidity and you can go outdoors and it's just it's been great mm-hmm. so how did you keep the ship going beth i mean like what was the on a normal day like what does four to 19 with a husband and kids what does that look like I just have one and I can barely keep the kitchen clean. So so I can't imagine. This is where just the chisel of marriage and motherhood has worn me down in a beautiful way. You know, we're talking like a sculpture of Michelangelo, you know, Um, I've just, I've had to just over the years realize, okay, that's important and that's not, and this is Hmm. essential and this is not. And so while there's, like I said, chaos and half eaten muffins and the teenagers are upset because you just bought these from Costco and they're supposed to be for breakfast and they're wasting them and they're wasting the pasta you made last night. I'm like, yes, I feel your pain. I really do. But I also know like, it's okay. It will get through it. It'll be, it's, is not like high level emergency. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, yeah, just rolling with it, you know, and, and my, for me, I'm, I'm not super digital. Like for something to exist in my world, it must be written in my hand in my planner. You know, I'm just, that's how I work. You know, if someone sends me something, but it doesn't make it to the planner, if he tells me something, it doesn't make it to the planner, it doesn't exist for me, you <laughs> know? <not> real. <laughs> so that is, that's big um, in my world. And I still, I'll only nail 90% of it. And I still feel really bad about the 10% that I mess up on. But then I'm like, I made, I got 90% of it right. That's yeah. an A, right? You know, so so yeah, you just have to let go of being perfect. You have to let go of any shame and just get the time with our Lord every day in prayer and then just hang on and see where it takes you. So. That was that, that I was hoping you'd say something about prayer because that was kind of my next question. I figured you would, knowing you too. Um, th- there's an element to letting things go because there's a surrender to just providence and trust in God how so you two I don't actually know how you two met how did you two meet um how is your faith factored into obviously your marriage but but then of course in like you're a Catholic family this isn't an ancillary thing it's who you are as the as the Shrees is a Catholic family so tell me a little bit about that we were we were one of the first focus couples so we oh. first focus training yeah. uh so that's one of the first women focused missionaries. So she was there at that first training. It was at Steubenville, Ohio in my living room. So I had a, I rented a house there that summer and Curtis and I were the professors teaching and we, we did summer training in the living room and there was, you know, four, four young missionaries, me and Curtis all day long, every day for a good time for that whole summer. And, uh, there were, there were two marriages that came out of that one. We were the first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, but, but I think that's part of our background is that mission was, has always been, you know, uh, at the center, the mission of our own family, the mission of focus, evangelization mm-hmm. at Benedictine College when I taught there, and Augustine. So all these things have been. So it's not been like, oh, I have my job over here, and then Beth's at home. Mm-hmm. She's always been like, her heart is for mission, and yeah. you know, she's always encouraged. You know, you know, it, we're in a good place. I think you, you know, 
go do more, you know? And then there's times where she can be honest. No, we're not in a good place. I need right. you home. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, the period of being pregnant and nursing and then a couple months off and then pregnant and nursing, you know, for a period of like 15 years, you know, that, that was intense. And there were times where I'm like, oh, I'm traveling and this is hard. And, and we'd scale it back, but you know, usually scaling it back is like six months out. You're scaling it back, right. not in the moment because you're committed and that's fine. But God really saw us through and we've always been commit. I would say mission within a sort of community, whether it's AI focused, Benedictine college, you know, we've been like, there's been some, an institution like holding us up. Outside of, and I was like, uh, yeah. not my own thing, you right, know, but like right. we're with other people who are mm-hmm. striving to serve. Yeah. Um, lots yeah. of deep, beautiful friendships, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where I like, I'm so blessed like in marriage and motherhood because we always had friends who were one or two steps ahead of us, you know, coaching us through or any, I could be like, what do I do? What do you think about this? I see you're doing this even though you haven't told me about this, but I see you doing that and I'm filing it in my brain so that later I can come back and be like, walk me through that decision, you know, because yeah. I see on our horizon. So that, that was, it's just been a tremendous blessing to have those mentors. And I, I love to do that in turn, whether it's at our school community or um, AI students, you know, whether it's discipleship or small groups, I just, I love that kind of thing. I love to encourage women and just give them a little like, be a little trail guide almost like yeah. we're here. And I remember being there and I remember going through this and I remember this being hard, but this is what mm-hmm. I wish I told myself in that spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that concept of the marriage is not, it's not an isolated thing. You're not married alone, hiding in a bunker, like your family exists in the world and you two have a mission within the world with your kids um, your kids being sent forth into the world eventually with a 19 year old. I'm sure that's a little terrifying to think about. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious what has maybe been kind of from the early days. So like newlyweds in, in that fog of, of newlywed charm, not quite sure how quickly you had a child, but at least the first nine months were just the two of you. Um, what was the best part about early marriage? And then what has only gotten better with time? Mm, that's a good question. That seems like it's so long ago. It was so. We yeah. just had our twenty-first anniversary. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations! Thanks. I mean, You're legal. You can drink. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been that's saying. Exactly. I know. Our marriage can right. drink. Yay! Let's have a gin and tonic. After twenty-one years. I know. Yeah, we, we definitely. Need <laughs> I remember you cooked a lot more early on. I don't remember how or why that happened, and now. I- you would leave my kitchen alone. It's like my office. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. It was simple and we were figuring it out and it was new. And there was, lot, there was all that joy of being together yeah, and it's just finally. fun and you're trying together and you're building yeah. and there's all these hopes and dreams, you know, of what life could be together. And, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been working on a project actually just, you know, starting the summer about marriage and, mm-hmm. and how God takes us from that initial love that, that draws a couple together in those early years. Mm-hmm. And then how kind of like the sculptor image Beth used earlier, like how then God refines it and it whittles you away. And it's hard. It's very yeah. challenging there, you know, there could be a lot of hurts and tears and, but yet God's doing something beautiful to, to make that love even stronger, something that endures. And so the love in those early days was, was wonderful, you know, and it mm-hmm. was beautiful, but I, I would definitely say the love that we have now, you know, through the trials, through the real, you know, difficulties and learning about, you know, our own selves, our own wounds, our own challenges, yeah. and then 
learning about how we can, you know, we thought we were loving the other person well and realizing, oh, that. Right. That Having to work. hit the reset button mm-hmm. periodically. Of, yeah. I was okay with that before, but now not. And here's why. But the, but I, I really think that the love is deeper. It may not be as googly eyed, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, as it was early on, you know. Right. Although she has moments like that for me all the, t- you know, still, and I do as well. You know. You're such a <laughs> <nerd>. <laughs> but no, no, but, but it, it really it's it's a deeper love. They, they tell there's a story we often tell about the the, the card from from the church. Yeah, yeah. I think this exemplifies the, the idea. Yeah, so it was um, World Marriage Sunday, and there was a prayer card in our pew at church. This was a long time ago, um, and and just reading the prayer, I was kind of like, um, I feel like it's missing something because it was all about help us to remember that love that drew us together and how wonderful it was, and aim to always be like that. And it just struck me as odd because I don't I don't want to be always like a a gooey teenager who's in love. I want to be like the old couple that's been married for 60 years that knows what the other person is thinking by how they're grunting mm-hmm. or whether or not they've had their coffee. We could just sit together and, and just be and, and rest in that. Like, that's my goal. It's not to get back to the, you know, starry eyed. Yeah. A familiarity where you can sit in silence, but like also can have that deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a priest friend of mine, Father Dan Beeman, asked me one time, he said, uh, when are you happiest in your marriage? And I said, truthfully, at the end of the day, when we just like turn an episode of The Office on and are both scrolling our phones or like flipping through a magazine, perfectly silent, we're not saying anything, we're just together. And it's just like, I'm comfortable. Um, not the most romantic thing in the world, but like we're just we're just being ourselves and there's no, uh, you're not acting, you just are. Um, I, I can tell that in your marriage, both from social media, just the things you share and having this conversation and, and reading your books, Dr. Shri. Um, but I want to pivot for a second. So somebody's listening to this single um, or maybe newly married or they don't have a particularly happy marriage or, you know, they're a product of divorce. Their, their parents themselves have experienced it. What would your words of encouragement maybe be to the person who hears this and is rolling their eyes or is, is just like, Oh, no, marriage isn't really like that. Nobody's actually being honest when they're talking about it. Um, it's you know, speak some truth into that. Maybe it's crazy hard. I mean, this is not, you know, big dress, googly eyed, throw the bouquet <laughs> every day, you know, I, it's just, it is so hard. And I would say to the person that is experiencing brokenness in whatever play, way, place or form, like God wants to use that. He wants to reform that. He wants to refine you. He wants to meet you in that. And I, I was just emailing a friend of mine this last night that sometimes we look at people and I, I shudder when people look at us and, and get a perception of it's, it's all this or it's all that. Cause we talk we, theology we, body every we night. Yelled. With our kids. <laughs> <laughs> saw us yelling at each other Sunday. We're going to Sunday. mass and we're, tra- we, oh. we're running late. And-, <laughs> and, and I'm like, we're like, ah! you know, and I pull out of the driveway we're and I look late. over we can't go. and they're just there laughing there. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, that's funny. And I'm like, happy to entertain, you know, Sunday. <laughs> Like, seriously, like, we are not perfect, and we do things that radically hurt each other on a daily basis, you know, and then multiply that by eight with all of our children (laughs) and all their stuff and hurts and, you know, perceptions, but that's, that's the beauty of it is that we are committed, this is permanent till death do us part, and we're going to work through it. We've had to work through a lot. I mean, my own past, my parents divorced when I was four or five, and it's, 
I had no idea how much it affected me until mm-hmm. I was married and until I hit certain things in our marriage. And I realized that I needed to really deep dive and take it to mm-hmm. God and go hard and go long. And, and the healing that's come through on the other side, I, I can't, I just feel like if there's one thing on my earth besides having babies and being your wife, it's to tell people that healing is possible. <laughs> and that, especially for children of divorce, like no one is so broken or so far gone that you cannot, you cannot be redeemed through your suffering, mm-hmm. truly. And, and you have to go through the fire and the darkness to get there, but that it, it truly is a powerful thing. Yeah. You come out a better wife and a better mom. Yeah, there's more joy, there's more authenticity, there's less shame, there's less fear. You know, like I can look at my kids and be like, what's up? Did that, what's going on? You know, I can see more Mm -hmm. in them because I'm not so concerned about keeping it together. You know, for me personally, like you've got to keep it together because I'm trying to keep it together so hard and so well because I got to have this facade to present to the world. I, I can just be like, you know what? Yeah, that's hard. Or, yeah, you screwed up. Or, you know, how? what do you want to do about that? How can I help you with that, you know? Mm-hmm. It, I feel a lot less threatened by the imperfections of others mm-hmm. because I know that I'm on a solid ground and I have greater confidence in God who's brought me this far. And if he's brought me this far through all of that and through all of this with the two of us, he's not going to leave us now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That, that, that growing in confidence and knowing that my, <clears throat> my kids are going to get there. I know them. We'll help them pay for therapy if they need it. You know? <laughs> totally first baby. We will. It's totally fine, you know, but I, I, there's just so much to living authentic. There's so much to living without fear. Like be not afraid. I have that JP2 cap is my favorite because I feel like it's my papa cap. Be not afraid. Like, especially in COVID, especially right now, like living in fear is just not really living. Mm-hmm. I think, People, you're asking about, like, you know, the single person or the yeah, young couple that, like, question. doesn't think. Well, no, it's, 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 that was it's perfect. of all this is that right. if you're going in thinking well, it's going to be a very peaceful thing and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of conflict. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll learn how to fight well. Here's three principles. Have a good argument. You know? <laughs> if they think that that's like you just follow these rules and everything and marriage no. is going to be, you know, easy and, you know, it'll be very Christian and holy and you've got Jesus. We're going to show everyone how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're setting yourself up for a disaster. But if you go into your marriage honest with I have lots of weaknesses and I'm a lot more selfish than I realize Mm -hmm. if both people go in recognizing that and we know that this whole project called marriage is a school of love where God is teaching us how to love like him to not be selfish to give to serve to give till it hurts to forgive Mm -hmm. to be patient to be gentle to not judge to not build up walls all those things if if you go in at least knowing it's going to be really really hard and really really messy then you're going to have a great ride and God's mm-hmm. going to pick you. It's going to be hard, but he's going to bring something really good out of it. But if you're coming in thinking, you know, this person's going to fulfill all my emotional needs or I'm finally, I, you know, I'm finally not alone anymore. This is going to be great. And like, like you're looking a little bit more on yourself and, and you're not really looking at how can my spouse help me change? Yeah. I, I, if then you're going to be in a lot of trouble, but if you go in with the realities and this is, this is our passion. We want, we always like to talk about, the reality of marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I teach on TOB and I love all the principles, but then I bring it down and go, mm-hmm. how do these principles shed light on the reality of marriage? Like, and, and the, the real stuff that goes on uh, in a marriage, marriage life. And, and you don't really hear about that as much in marriage prep and marriage enrichment, unfortunately today. 
Um, but that that's our that's I think our passion lately. We've been doing a lot of these like kind yeah. of marriage yeah. video around the country, you know, so which has been a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Beth and Dr. Edward Shree. Um, they're very honest, and I love that. The reality of marriage is what we really need to talk about. In the second half of the episode, we start to talk about the reality of kids, so I hope you'll stay tuned. If you're enjoying this conversation, I would encourage you to go subscribe to the entire Ave Explores series on Catholic Family Life. We have a lot more content, both written, video conversations, podcasts that are coming, a ton of things to help you continue to explore this idea of the Catholic family in the world and how every single one of us is called to creatively love within the context of a family, whatever that family might look like. You can find all of the content over at AveMariaPress.com. The link is, of course, down in the show notes. We hope that you will take advantage of what we have created for you on this topic that we think is really important in today's world. Okay, back to the show. Well, so let's throw kids in the mix then. Um, you're working on yourself, but then there's also these little tiny humans that just arrive and now you've got to start working on them and forming them. And, and they, I'll go so far as to say a kid fundamentally changes the dynamic of a marriage. I mean, obviously the couple is still rooted together, but now there's this other person. Um, like for a long period of time, Rose wouldn't let me hold Tommy's hand because he's my daddy, not your husband. So like that, and it was, it was like, now I really want to hold his hand. I never did before, but now I'm competing with a toddler. Um, but so y'all have eight children, uh, major props to you, Beth. Um, and, and the age range is what I love the most. So what are their ages all the way to, can you name it? I mean, obviously you can name your children, but like, tell us a little bit about your kids. Tell us about your family. Um, Here's a visual. This is old. That's this is cool. when we had five. five. So Madeline is our 19-year-old. Paul, this picture cracks me up with him. He's 17. He's they're they're all awesome. They're all so different. Um, and then is Teresa, who's 15. She drove me to and from Mass today. Oh wow! Great. Carl is going to be 14 this weekend. Oh wow! He's gives the best hugs. Luke is my joy boy. He's I just he's so cute with this picture. Oh my gosh. Lukey Bubba, I call him. And then there's three girls after that. So yeah, there's a better. So Josephine, this is, this is yeah, Luke with his hat on, like his captain hat. Josephine, whoops, sorry. Um, is nine. Luke's loving. Uh, <laughs> this picture of Kiara. Um, she sick. just cut her in this picture. Her baby. Oh wow. <laughs> now six, and then our baby Eleanor is our indomitable four-year-old, and they love seeing Rose on your Instagram. Oh, like your thank video. you. So you, we've got to get them together. Somehow. Oh yeah, for and sure. And Rose and your baby Claire. That would just be really fun. So they're they're so. I just I just love our kids. I mean. I, of course, every mom's going to say that, but, <laughs> and they all, they all take after us. They yell. Yeah, they're loud. passionate. We're they're so intense. loud. We're so loud. <laughs> As a family, when the windows are open and we're eating dinner, I'm just like, oh, sorry, people. I mean, there's, there's 10 people in the house. It's to be I expected. Know. And our house is not huge. I think people sometimes when they come to our house, they're like, wait, what? You know? Here? On top of each other. So what are some things that are like the principles of parenting according to the two of you. Like these are the things that are part of your family's balance, the part of your family's rhythm and routine, non-negotiables for your older kids, for your younger kids. Um, I mean, how you do to man the ship, like what is absolutely necessary? I really talk about like like when we were raising them when they're younger and now the big boat of you know, everyone all mm-hmm. at once, you know, because I think there's yeah. differences. So when they're younger, 
And and by the way, we're gonna share principles, and we don't always live up to the principles. We recognize right. we fall these short, are these are the high bars. Know? So, but this is like the things we we we, we care about. You know, mm-hmm. in home is, you know, we were we were really big on like early on, really trying to teach obedience. You know, from a very young age, even when the child may not even be able to talk yet, we'd use a little sign language and things like oh, this. Remember, yeah. like that, like don't go play with it. Yeah, always like the first battle. No. Yeah, the the first battle was always they would go to a shelf and start pulling down books and we would train them. No, don't do that. And I, and we think, cause that's, I think God really wants us to train our children in virtue and, mm-hmm. and, and that, well, I know he does. I don't just think that I know he does <laughs> revealed in scripture and saints talk about this and there's a, so there's a responsibility that takes a lot of work. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier. Just like, just let them do that. And, mm-hmm. and I think in balance, and I'm going to balance that because as more kids came, we can't yeah. like maintain that, you know, all, all the time. And we learned over time to, you know, you know, we're, we're going to, strive for an ideal but we're not going to be perfectionists mm-hmm. ourselves up over that but but i think it is that I, but i keep that in mind is you know when i ask a child to come i really at a young age i really want them to come so i think that was important i think you know and then as they were working together you know and really holding them right. accountable to honor each other and saying you know, sorry you, it's never just it's okay it's i forgive you you know i did you have to say it in a certain way kind of like you know marriage right. <laughs> yeah. them i did this i hurt you in this way i feel really bad about it will you please forgive me and it's not oh it's i forgive you and then hug fist bump whatever <laughs> you need to be and and so there's reconciliation mm-hmm. um but i will say the time that we spent early on with our kiddos when they were little, well, whether it was mass behavior, you know, the, the sign language, no, all that stuff, our, we, we did well with our first few. So that when life was crazy and we added more ones into the mix, they kind of learned more by osmosis. Mm. You know, we had, we had the family culture established so that it, we put our time in early on so that when there was less of it later, they were able to just, they were able to go into something and see, okay, this is okay, this is not okay, you know? And then the beauty of having older children is they continue to hold you to that standard. You never let us do this. <laughs> did we that to my mom. That. Yeah, so, and, and that is a good reminder. I don't, I don't discount them for that, for saying that yeah. to us. And they've been helpful. I mean, we talk about COVID, like just being at home now, like mm-hmm. they, they've been around a lot more. The older <laughs> kids have been helping. They've also been kind of like, trying to help with the discipline of the other, of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they, they get heavy handed. You know, I, yes. I call one of my kids, we won't say who, but I call him. Okay. You can be a Nazi. You just have to be a kind Nazi. Okay. <laughs> Kindness and gentleness. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, I mean, but now they're like, they're going to town, like organizing all these different closets in the house. We're so like, great. I mean, we, it's like, we've got a free, you know, yeah, you know, free labor. <laughs> exactly. And, and cause they want a nice house. We do house reward on. them. You yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Like and they're, yeah. But I think those have been important. And then as they, as you know, and then of course, prayer, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, you know, training them to pray, praying with them, you know, that was always an important part. And as they got older, I think that's an interesting part is as the kids get older, like just being available to them. I mean, this is one thing, I mean, Beth does this just so well, just being present, talking to them, listening, waiting for those right moments when the teenagers want to talk. Mm-hmm. And then just drop everything in that moment. You just got to be there. And it might not come for another few weeks, but you really take that moment because they're, they're, you know, they're trying to sort something out. And it's been, it's, I would say it's fun to see the older kids, you know, really they're owning their faith. Like yeah. themselves. it's not, mm-hmm. and you just wonder about that. And, and, and they're still growing and something could change and later in high school or college, you know, but I, I would just say it's fun seeing like on their own, they're going to adoration. 
Like we didn't say go to adoration or on their own. Like, you know, one of the kids after mass said, Hey, could, is there confession after mass? Oh, could, could, could I go? Yeah. She goes, can we go every week? I was like, <laughs> and um, then you're, you're patting yourself on the back, but you don't want to seem too excited because you don't want to scare them away. I'm, I'm just, like, a, I'm like, well, I'm going to go with you then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The numbers. But, but like but from their initiative, it's just, it's a, it is a real joy as a parent, yeah. you know? And again, we're, they're, they're just, they're only, they're all teenagers, they're mm-hmm. all the highland teenagers, but seeing that it's not just, I have to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they're thinking things through, they can, they, we have one, we have one child who like smells, uh, whenever something sounds relativistic, well, that's relativism, <laughs> you know, that they don't, they don't understand truth, you know, <laughs> and they just, just like any little thing she ever hears on the radio or reads the newspaper, goes, yeah. oh, that's relativistic, you know, and I, and we're not saying that, they're just, she's just kind of picking right. up. Stuff. But that's, um, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, osmosis in the behavior department, it's also in the faith department of mm-hmm. you're, you're living it and your kids are kind of catch. I think people look for like a program of keeping my kids Catholic, but it's, it's much more just the culture of the family and how things, y- y'all are prayerful people. So your kids are going to be hopefully prayerful people. Um, you're not at the stage, I would hope, <laughs> you're not at the stage yet where you've got a kid that has totally left the church. But what would you say maybe to that? older mom or dad who's got a disaffiliated young adult, especially in your work with focus and in missionary work, the, the kid that's sworn it off, they're not coming back. They might get married in the church if grandma won't cry. Like that's it. Um, what's some encouragement maybe for those parents? Yeah. And I, I hear this story all the time, not just in focus, but really, really just as I'm out speaking around the country and when people come up and they do want to talk, it's often, there's always somebody there that has this very thing, you know, what do I say to my child? It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, so I, I pray that, that that doesn't happen, but it happens so often in our culture today. Um, the, but I would I'd give encouragement and I always turn to St. Monica as a great example. Monica, you know, had a son that lived a very wayward life, you know, St. Augustine, uh, and lived a crazy life, left home and everything. And, uh, and Monica prayed, she never stopped praying. And I, and I think you can kind of give up on that. You can just say, let's try it. Uh, just pray, but to really pray too. and then yes, to make sacrifices. Yes. the second thing. Yeah. To fast, actually you're doing something active spiritual it's not just i'm praying for myself i'm praying i wish hope they come back it's you know what i'm just gonna give up my favorite show i'm not, i'm just gonna give it up for for the rest of the year and offer that up for my son like like where it hurts like something that you really like mm-hmm. whatever that is it could be your favorite coffee i don't know what it is but to, i mean that's that's what we should do when in situations like that you know to really because you're you're trying to you know, offer these acts of love that, that god sees and and pours down graces and to um, claim your spiritual authority too within hmm. prayer you know to realize that there is a grace of your sacrament of marriage that they're wrapped up in to a certain extent hmm. and to really call on that and and pray the scriptures for god's faithfulness you know the psalms whatever it is that you can get your hands on that you're going to hold god accountable at his word of what he said he's going to do for this particular child you know, and to have a mom or a dad or a grandma or grandpa praying those prayers is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. Like I think of my grandparents, like I, I wonder if it weren't, weren't for their faithfulness, where I'd be today. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, there's a legacy there. There's history there within the, like you said, there's that the healing was being done long before you maybe even knew that it was happening. Um, 
that's then born fruit and eight kids in your marriage and whatever your children go on to do within the world. Um, I think what was it you, Beth, you had an Instagram post maybe about your daughter going off to college or it was a while, but I mean, that must've been, cause that's a huge, like I'm sending Rose to pre-K three and I'm having a meltdown. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it's just like five days a week in a little Catholic school uniform, but like sending a kid to college, that was a huge jump out. How, how did that go? How did y'all process that together as a couple, as a family? Well, because she went to my alma mater, where, you know, we still have a lot of very dear friends there, it, it wasn't as, like, gut-wrenching as it could have been, because I knew, I knew the place inside and out, I knew the people, I knew what she was going to be getting into, and honestly, I was, I was really excited for her, mm-hmm. you know, just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like this and this and this, and, and it was, I mean, it did not disappoint but I do remember that moment that she walked away. We said goodbye and she walked away and we were like, Oh, it wait, was, wait, wait, she's not coming back. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I remember. And, and I remember like, we, we, they have a clothing, they have a mass and then that's like the commissioning thing. And then the parents say goodbye and you're supposed to leave. So you had to leave right away. And then we were get we're driving to the airport and I just had this pit in my stomach and then we're flying. And then Beth was flying back to Denver and I was flying to Arizona last year That's right. for a speaking event. And the whole flight out, I just like felt like, like, like she died. I mean, I know she did. <laughs> I really felt like on the inside I lost. My, I mean, I couldn't like, um, I, I couldn't it's your little girl. Yeah. It was really hard. This is my being. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it, it was one of the hardest things, you know, but at the same time with it, it was such joy. Yeah. Of, I know this is gonna be so good for her, you know, and, yeah. and wanting her, you know, but I'll say that lasted for several weeks. There was just this every day I wake up or any little spare moment when I wasn't doing something I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, but that's, you know, that's part of what the, the, the cross of parenting, right. love them, but they're not yours. Right, and there is a time yeah. that they need to go up and she's still here and you know it, I mean that was another blessing of COVID who knew we'd have five months with her right she gets to come back you know so yeah. yeah I um how did your other kids handle it I mean big sister's out of the house all of a sudden that changes the dynamic of the group it did change it we didn't realize how much she added to the noise, <laughs> the noise <laughs> just a little bit um and then others picked up you know, picked it up again. So yeah, it was, it was different. Yeah. yeah. One, of, one of her younger sisters stepped up, you yeah. know, a, a bit and that we've seen that, you know, it's just like in terms of like the, you know, she was, all, this sister was already a great help in the house, but she kind of assumed mm-hmm. more yeah. uh, of that role in there. And, you know, I, you know, everyone missed her, you know, especially her little sisters cried, you know, yeah. and is Madeline a part of our family still? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, and the reason I'm asking, it might seem like a, an ancillary question. It, it sounds like you, the way we began this, it, there's kind of this constant recalibration. There's this, you know, you're, you're, it, there's always this refocus within marriage on each other that then flows out to your children, flows out to your mission. Um, I think a lot of young adults or young people, anybody really who's thinking about marriage is dating, engaged, um, newly married, all of these different transitions that happen within married life, good and bad, um, that we're called to really take on together as a couple. I, I guess here at the end, I would just say like what you, you meet at a coffee shop with a couple who's really in not a tough spot, but not a great spot. And you're just trying to offer them some advice and offer them encouragement. They don't have time to listen to the whole podcast. They have you for a couple minutes. Like what, what is the nugget of wisdom that you would give to them to, 
to persevere and to, to really thrive and not just to kind of live that complacent, oh yeah, we're together, it's fine, marriage, but to really try to thrive within that marriage. The quick coffee conversation. Yeah, I know. And, and the the, are these talk. folks that are kind of struggling, did you say, or just? I, I mean, I, I, I struggling maybe, but just kind of like in that, that, you know, everybody says at the seven year itch, like just kind of the blah phase of marriage where it's not exciting, nothing's really happening, but like it maybe could be, but you don't, there's just no excitement, there's no joy, there's no thriving in it, and they want it to be better, if that makes sense. That's not a description of my marriage. I'm not thinking from experience right now. We're very happy, but I'm just, I'm trying to think in general of people who maybe need that encouragement. It, it may, it sounds bizarre, but I would say consider having another baby. <laughs> That's a good idea. Because any, any time when we get so locked into our idea of what marriage should be in our control, and I want this and I don't want that, and maybe this, but only under these circumstances, it, it can feel like we are the puppet master. Mm. And each child has added so much to our family, but also to our marriage just as a reflection of the genetic combination of the two of us. You know what I mean? They, I mean, they, children mess up your life in the perfect ways, yeah. in the right ways, you know? I, yes, could we use more sleep? Everyone can. The whole world needs more sleep. But all of a sudden, I am giving my all, my body, my milk, my life, you know, my brain cells to this baby. Like you are right now, Katie, gestating this little life. <laughs> And I, this baby needs me, I provide. I need him in a new way, so he's got to step up and provide. And will there be stress? Will there be, you know, chaos? Will there be all sorts of new hormonal reactions? Absolutely. But it's in this poverty of not being in control that that's when our Lord's like, see, you can't do it on your own. And you need each other in a radical new way. And you need me more than ever. And he loves to step into that mm. crazy, messy chaos. So I, it doesn't, for this couple, it doesn't have to be have another baby. You right, know? right. Those but that's genius. It's the giving up control thing. To do, figure out a way where you can just inject an element of, we're going to be radically generous. Mm. What, what would it be to, for us to realize, or maybe there's something brewing, maybe there's some you know, program you want to advocate for. Maybe you want to do foster parenting or, or just volunteer for youth group or something, you know, where together you, though, where you want to just yeah. go in, in an uncharted territory yeah, I, I wanna, and just really dive in. I want to highlight that together. So whether it's like, yes. okay, I love that. I, as a lot, I don't I think met, I ever thought of that. I never heard you say that. Like, let's just have another baby because that, that'll spark our marriage. No, of course. it's not like it re-sparks <laughs> it, but it, it takes you deeper. Yeah, yeah. But of course there's, you know, going to be couples that, like, you know, they just had three babies in three years overwhelmed and that, that might not be the best thing. But I, I love that though, because it is, there is an element of it when I'm always like looking at my vision and it's about me and what am I getting from this other person? I just don't feel like I'm getting those feelings or that closeness or it's just blah. Like that's a, that's a sign of a problem in here. Mm. So what the baby thing does, it gets you out of yourself, <clears throat> whether it's a baby or like you said, volunteering the youth school or doing something out of yourself together. Right. Uh, you know, I would be careful. Like, like the, it could be something like, well, you know, I want to go do my thing. Cause I think what, you know, what I really, really yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting bored with you. So I need to go golf more. I just love golf or for me, soccer. I'm just going to go watch soccer games and play in a soccer league for me. Uh, I would say that's actually going to start, not, there's nothing wrong with doing those things in themselves. Right. But, but if that's where I, I'm trying to fix my marriage, it's actually going to start mm-hmm. deep. A, a, a gap between us, yeah. you know, or she just wants to go do her thing and hang out with her friends or something. 
because I because when I'm doing this, I'm looking for something for me. I think I, what I would say to the couple is, you know, hey, you're going to reach a point in your marriage, and, and it'll happen multiple times, you know, but there might be a very significant time where God is inviting your love to go to the next level, mm-hmm. and you could choose to just like look back at what do I want, and and, and you know, which is with that we do bring a selfish love into our marriage, and God is inviting us to change it. Uh, and he's inviting us to deepen it. And, and he's going to do that through some of these challenges we might be experiencing together uh, right now. And to always be open to how is God inviting me to love more like him, mm. to be more patient, to be more generous, to be more kind, to get out of myself and thinking of her and thinking of the children that we have and not thinking of me. That I think that's like, and it, and it never ends. It just, you, you just, mm-hmm. God keeps inviting us to grow in that. We think, oh, yeah, we, you know, we had this big conflict season of our life, you know, eight years ago, and now we're beyond that. Well, it's going to come again. Yeah. There'll be another thing, some other crisis or something will happen. And it's in those challenges in marriage and the crisis in family life or whether it's a health issue, finance, or just stress and tension in the marriage, those, those are not just problems. You know, that's mm-hmm. how many people look at marriage. Those are, that's a problem. We have to solve that. You know, no, no, that's, it is, you know, we might want to think about it, but it is also the place Jesus is actually wanting to encounter me mm-hmm. it's inviting me to love in a new way and i have to look at that that way so if i'm starting to sense something off in my marriage i always want to ask what is god asking of me right now how mm-hmm. do i know jesus in my wife in this difficulty we're facing that's that's perfect i think the title of the episode came out of that the letting go of control aspect is really how thriving can happen um where can we find more about you and your family and what you're doing in focus and just in in ministry in general I'll let you go first. How do they find you? My website is called borntodothis.org. That's for St. Joan of Arc. I'm not afraid I was born to do this. Um, and there's it, there's stuff there. There's not a ton of stuff. There's kind of my placeholder for anything I do um, online. So that and Instagram, Facebook. I try and keep up. I don't I don't post a ton just because life and you're, you're, I'm busy. You're, 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 okay. Amen. That's I am. <laughs> I know. So for me, so you, you certainly can learn about Focus at focus.org. So you can learn about the, the wonderful ministry of Focus. But for me personally, uh, my website's edwardsri.com. That's just my name, edwardsri.com. Uh, they can find my podcast. Uh, I always say that if people want to find my podcast, they have to be careful because if they just put my last name, Katie, you know what they find? They find an Indian Hindu guru, Sri. Mm-hmm. They find Hindu, and that's, I'm not the Indian Hindu guru guy. No, no, not that guy. I, uh, they do that on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, or whatever. They'll easily find my, my my podcast there, and they can always reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. So, and we'll link all that down in the show notes for sure, so folks can find you along with uh, Man, Woman, and the Meaning of Love, which I read back in college, and now it's crazy that I get to interview you. So it's pretty cool. Um, so thank you guys so much for taking the time. We're glad we had you. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks Katie. for having us. God bless. This whole season, we have these excellent conversations with people who offer such incredible wisdom and insight. And I'm so glad that we started with the Shrees, who really said something right there at the end that I I think is important for all of us to reflect on, whether we have children, whether we're married, whether we're single, whether we're dating, discerning, priest, religious, whatever state of life we find ourselves in, um, and whether or not we're happy in that state of life. But whatever state of life we're in, God is often asking us to do something. God is often asking us to stretch. I I think I've said this in episodes before, that virtue forms within our lives when we're stretched to the margins and we're asked to give and to go outside of ourselves. 
Catholic family life is a snapshot of, of having to stretch outside of ourselves. In the course of editing this episode, my daughter kept running into the, into the home office, uh, which she knows the rule is if the door is closed, don't come in. But she kept running into the home office. And so finally, the third or fourth time it happened, I said, Rose, what's going on, baby? She said, I just want to play with you. And so I, I kind of, I looked at my husband and I looked at my daughter and I looked at the fact that I still had quite a bit of podcast to edit. And I thought to myself, well, in this moment, I could stay in my office and sit at this desk and just, you know, get this done. Or I could stop and maybe go play with her and Tommy right now and just do it a little later. I had to go outside of myself and put aside my desire, which was, I, mean, I want to finish this now so I can go to bed at a decent time and I don't have to wake up at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning and finish it. But in that moment, she wanted mommy. And so mommy listened to the words of this wise couple that she had just interviewed and went and played with Rose and went outside of myself. And I'm not telling you that to say, wow, what a good mom Katie is, but instead to let you know that every single day in the trenches and in the throes of life, we are asked to step outside of ourselves and to give. And the Catholic family is a snapshot of generosity and gift in this world. We're exploring what that looks like and what that means in this entire Ave Explorer series on Catholic family life. I think you'd really enjoy the articles that we have, the new podcast episodes that will be coming. Um, this time around, we have podcasts coming every Wednesday and Friday with some incredible guests, Jeannie Gaffigan, Jackie and Bobby Angel, Marcea McGee, Brian Greenfield, Damon and Melanie Owens. You will not... Um, regret subscribing to the show. Uh, if you like it and if you're enjoying it, if you would please give us a rating and a review so that more folks can find this podcast that we are immensely proud of. We would love that. We are well over 55,000 downloads of this little show. Um, we love that people keep, uh, they keep finding it and they seem to, to keep sharing it. And we, we absolutely love to tell these stories. And we're so grateful for our listeners. You can find the link to the entire Ave Explorers Catholic Family Life series down in the show notes. If you'll click on that, you can subscribe and get all of those emails straight to your inbox. Um, we hope that you have a great week, and we hope that you come back on Friday for our next episode with Jeannie Gaffigan, wife of comedian Jim Gaffigan, talking very honestly and candidly about what life has been like uh, in the COVID-19 pandemic that they have lived through in New York City. So that episode is coming up next um, here on the Ave Explorers show. As always, we are so grateful that you listened. <laughs>